Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's time to watch another movie. Jesse, how's it going? Um, I'm going to be in a rare form today, all right? Okay. This movie pissed me off. I get it. Yeah, okay. You get it. So you're, I don't know if you're on the same page with me, but you know me and my taste of movies, I guess. I don't know what episode we're on, like 60, 70 something. How many episodes is this? This is, uh, I think this is our 70th episode. Awesome. Good. I was led to believe that this movie, The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, was like yeah. the FDR movie. That's what I was told. This movie turns out to be somebody wants to tell us a story and then absolutely refuses to tell the fucking story. I don't know. No, this is like some kind of weird ass uh, old man on the hill looking back on his life movie. Yeah, but I mean, nothing ever gets wrapped up in this except that the Bigfoot dies. All this is crap. I just gave away the ending. Yeah, this is like a really fucking sad, I don't know, recollection. I can't, I can't even think about it. It's, yeah. just, it's, a, it's a movie about getting old and being regretful. Yes, it's a movie made by a young person telling their idea of what it's like getting old and regretting your life. Yeah, yeah usually I get on here and I gush and I'm like, oh man, I love this movie, da, 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 yada, yada, yada. No, I'm I'm gonna get really mad now. Uh, yeah, this is like one of those movies I like. Uh, I heard somewhere they're, they're called geezer teasers. Man, right? right? You get someone that was big in the '80s, Sam yeah. Elliott. You you put them in a movie that sounds awesome, and then you just put it on a streaming service, whether it's good or not. Us old guys are gonna fucking watch it. I mean, Bruce Willis. I mean, you look what yep. happened to him. Uh, he. Did that he's the one that like did it till the rails fell off but you know they still do it steven seagal super guilty that guy sucks and he keeps on churning out these crappy movies right i don't know and yeah i think that's what this is but i i don't know why sam elliott did this unless you know maybe uh they they told him hey could you come down here for a day shoot some stuff don't get here early because we got some night stuff to shoot It'll take one day, you're done, and we'll give you a thousand bucks. Yeah. He probably need a new mu- mustache comb or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's just totally ripped off by this movie. Yeah, so as you mentioned, we are talking about the 2018 adventure drama, The Man Who Killed Hitler, and then The Bigfoot. This was debuted at the Fantasia Film Festival in Toronto. The U.S. premiere was at the Plaza Classic Film Festival in El Paso, and it also played in festivals in London, Spain, and Finland. Got no money, no budget numbers for this movie because I think it might have opened one night in one theater where it made thirty eight hundred bucks. So mad at this movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Movie's an hour and 38 minutes long, and this is how you know the movie is shit. It's got a 70% or 75% certified fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 51% audience score. And that 51% are uh, mostly older women who are in love with Sam Elliott and older men who are in love with Sam Elliott. Just Sam Elliott fans. Yeah, Sam Elliott fans. That's it. I guess, yeah, that, that's the only people that's watching this. And, you know, Bigfoot fans aren't watching this shit. And even the critics didn't like the movie. They just liked Sam Elliott. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. He, he, no, okay. All right. He is really good acting in this. But I think yes. he'd be really good acting in, like, a fucking Geico commercial or some shit. You know what I'm saying? He was playing Sam Elliott. Yeah, nah. He, he's just walking around. Yeah. And people are reacting to him and shit. Like, I'm not, you know, it's got, like, you know, for whatever it is, this got some great actors in it. Right. It just, it, it pisses me off, man. This movie is part war story, part tragic love story, part sci-fi adventure, part drunk guy at the party spinning bullshit, part old lonely <laughs> guy walking around sad. He does that a lot in this town. He just walks around sad. And that's the most successful part of the movie. Yeah. Movie was written and directed by Robert Kurzakowski, and if you've never heard of this guy, there's a good reason for that. This is his feature film directorial debut. He has producer credits on The Woman, which is a movie about a lawyer who catches and tries to tame a woman who is the last surviving member of a cannibalistic tribe of people raised by wolves. So this guy's sick in the head, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And Carolina Lowe, which is about two boys during the Depression who start robbing banks to save the family farm. It's got some good people attached to it, though. Special effects in this movie were all done by executive producer Doug Douglas Trumbull. He is known for 2001 A Space Odyssey, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Star Trek The Motion Picture, Blade Runner, The Andromeda Strain, this is his final producer credit uh, four years before he died. He also directed Silent Running and Brainstorm. Those are good he movies. Yeah. He died from mesothelioma in February 2022, and his ashes are scheduled to be sent into space along with Nichelle Nichols, Majel Barrett, and Gene Roddenberry. Well, see that? Now that I know that, that kind of explains this whole fucking movie. It's probably like that guy's movie. Yeah, it was his send-off. It was so, like, the final movie. About an old guy looking back on it. See, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I don't hate the movie. So I, I'm still mad. Oh, I'm steaming, dude. Oh, I'm I, here, I like, still hate off. the movie, even though a great guy was attached to it. I still hate the movie. But, like, like hearing that guy's shit, you know, and, like, oh, dude, yeah, nah, he was, good, uh, he was a great guy in movies and shit. And then you hear, like, oh, okay. So he knew he was going out and shit. So it, this is probably his like hurrah shit. So, yeah. yeah. And also, the Bigfoot looks like one of those monkeys in 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, it looks like um, like the face was a guy in a baggy it. orangutan suit. Yeah, you only see it for like five minutes, and that's like that's not a solid five minutes. That's like cut up, spread out throughout the movie. Movie star Sam Elliott as Calvin Barr. Sam Elliott, of course, has 105 acting credits from 1967 to present. 
His feature film debut was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He was also in Mission Impossible, the 1970 TV series, a.k.a. the good Mission Impossible before Tom Cruise fucked it all up. Yeah, no. <laughs> I can't even go back and watch that TV show. <laughs> Although, yeah, when I'm still doing like mischievous, air quotes, mischievous shit, yeah. I will start going like, dun, 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 dun. Well, you have to. That's kind of a rule. It is. I, oh, man. And a whole bunch know. of Westerns. God, a whole bunch of Westerns. Oh, God, yeah. Sam Elliott? He, yeah. He, he was in The Big Lebowski. Yeah. He was in Justified with Timothy Oliphant. That's a good show. Deadwood fame. And he's not the only connection to Deadwood in this movie. Yeah. And he was in 1883, a Yellowstone origin story. I just remember him in Roadhouse. Yeah. Roadhouse, I don't know, when you're like four to six years old in the 80s, Roadhouse was the fucking shit. It was. He ripped a guy's throat out. He ripped a guy's throat out, man. I mean, I, I don't know how you do that, like in a bar, but <laughs> like I would, I would, I would like look in the mirror and add my fingers like he do it, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to rip your throat out. Uh, I never did that. Plus, there's a guy with a knife in his in the toe of his. Yeah, that that movie's just kick ass. Uh, yeah, I don't know if if, if they've got a riff tracks version of it. I highly recommend. I mean, Roadhouse is eleven year old badass. <laughs> yeah, movie also features Aiden Turner as a young Calvin Barr. You know him uh, from the Hobbit trilogy, where he was a dwarf. I guess like the he head was, dwarf, right? He was Killy. Oh man, oh man. Yeah, I don't either. It did look familiar, though. I mean, yes. When it does a flight, I just, I can't place it. Yeah, that's where we know him from. He was a dwarf. Put a really long beard on him, and you go, oh, that's who that guy is. Yes, I, I got to do that. <laughs> Caitlin Fitzgerald is Maxine. She appeared in It's Complicated, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Masters of Sex, and the HBO series Succession. HBO makes all the best stuff anymore. Yeah, they, they, got, they got some really good. Uh, TV shows. Yeah, they do. Larry Miller as Ed Barr. He was in Pretty Woman, Comedy Bang Bang, Burn Notice. He was in Get Smart with Steve Carell and Mad About You. Which one was that guy? Was he the barber? He was the barber, yeah. Yeah, no, that guy, he's like the only shining spot I really thought in this movie. Because, like, I don't know. I always liked that guy. Like, growing yeah. up, I thought he was a good actor. Even though uh, a lot of shit he is, he's like just a complete douchebag. Right. Uh, he he was great in those uh, Christopher Guest movies, yeah. like uh, Waiting for Guffman and shit like that. The dog Show. Right. Uh, he he's great improv guy. He he can take a dog shit scene and make it look like fucking Taco Bell. I don't know. <laughs> Mark Steger as the Bigfoot. This is the guy you call to wear a monster costume in a scary movie. He has been monsters in Stranger Things, Critters, A New Binge, Velvet Buzzsaw, and Westworld. Yeah, he's like that, that new, uh, the new guy. He's like Andy Serkis. Yeah. There was a guy, what was it, Doug Johnson or whatever? Doug Jones? Yeah. Hey, like, that guy was the guy you called to put somebody in a scoot, uh, suit because he could spend like long ass hours in a suit. And, but yeah, now this the guy is the guy you want. Yep. Ron Livingston is Flagpin. You know him from The Conjuring, Band of Brothers, and Office Space. 
And Reswan Manji as Maple Leaf. He was in Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Shit's Creek, Outsourced, and Mom. Shit's Creek is a great is show. A, is it? Yeah, I liked it. I've never seen it. It's a, it, yeah, I hated it at first. When it first came out, I was dating this chick and she loved it. And I, after like this first six episodes, that's when you really get into it. It's kind of cool. <laughs> But then, like, you just kind of get addicted to it, and you want to see where the shit goes. I don't know. It's not for everyone, but it it is has some pretty funny, like, bizarre, like, weird moments. Uh, I just kind of thought were like really entertaining and funny. Yeah, it's a sleeper hit. So I think we need to issue a warning at the beginning of this movie. The first half of this movie requires both coffee and energy drinks. It should only be watched by insomniacs who do not respond to strong drugs. Yeah, I keep on talking about this movie to people because I was like, it, it, took, it, was, it was a chore to watch. I'm not going to lie. It, and, yeah, the first half of this is boring as fuck. And they're like, yeah, man, I, I never made it past the first half. And I was like, so I accomplished something. Yeah. I made it through a really shitty movie that most of my friends <laughs> I mean, I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about that, Mike, and I'm like, wait, I do that all the damn time. That's like my thing. That's, that's not like an accomplishment. It's like, then, like, I I don't really have any, well, I guess that's when we're doing the podcast. Like, oh, yeah, well, we're you, talking about You got to get the thousand shitty movie, ach- movie achievement is what you got to do. Oh, man, I got that when I was like 18. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing it for fun now. <laughs> movie opens with production company credits and Billy Squire. I haven't heard of Billy Squire in forever. Yeah. Calvin is sitting at a bar being gloomy. First half of this movie is Calvin being gloomy in different places. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's just gloomy all over town. The Billy Squire song is playing on an old jukebox that still uses 45 RPM records, which I thought was cool. That's pretty cool. Flashback to Nazi headquarters during World War II. Flashbacks are every few minutes in this movie. Yeah. A young Calvin Barr is posing as a Nazi officer who has come to see Adolf Hitler. He's got this cool Nazi. This was funny. He's got a Nazi wristwatch with no hands on it, just a rotating swastika in the middle. That part did make me chuckle. I was like, (laughs) you know, I'm like, how's he, you know, that's like, that's (laughs) stupid, stupid clever. Yeah. You know, that was funny. Uh, The secretary is an older Nazi who was just pouring himself a drink. He orders Calvin to empty his pockets onto the table and disarm, and then a guard pats him down. He signs the registry, gathers up his stuff, and heads off to see Herr Hitler. Also, uh, he signed the registry, Uncle Sam. I thought that was pretty funny. It's like all loose cursive. Also, the guy who's like the elder like uh, Nazi in the white coat, He's from a lot of shit, I noticed. He's like uh he's just like a waiter or some shit. He really he really sticks out. I've seen yeah. him in a bunch of shit. Well, as Calvin heads through the hallway to Hitler's office, he's doing a mission impossible stuff, pulling various items from out of his hat band or his out of his shoe to assemble a gun. He's even screwing on his uh whiskey flask as a silencer. Yeah, I thought that was me. He heads past a pair of armed guards and into Hitler's study, and we're back at the bar. Calvin is talking to the bartender who tells him he needs to take a vacation in the Florida Keys, 
Calvin is exceptionally gloomy tonight, so he just decides to go home. Outside, he looks up at the moon and for some reason says, There he is. <laughs> As he starts to walk home, a car comes around the corner of the bar. Calvin is walking down the street in the dark. A homeless man asks him for some change, so Calvin gives him some money and then walks away. He gets to his car, which he apparently parked several blocks away from the bar for some reason. I don't know. It looks like it's a weird bar, like on Main Street in some small town. So you probably have to walk a little bit to like a, where he parked on the street, you know? Yeah, yeah, probably so. Well, as Calvin goes to unlock the door, somebody slams his head into the car. Calvin's being mugged. There are three men behind him. One of them has a knife. They want his money and his keys. He gives up his keys right away as he try gets his wallet out. He tries to take a an old black and white photo of Maxine out of the wallet before handing it over. The thug snatches the wallet away and taunts Calvin with the photo before grabbing another thug's cigarette and burning a hole through it. It's at this point that you know that Calvin is going to go uh, commando on him and just beat the shit out of all of them. Oh, yeah. Well, the thug shoves Calvin out of this away and gets into the car calvin says look i, I can't just let you take my car i need it and the thug uh -huh. kind of pushes him back one of the other thugs is coming up behind him with a pipe and calvin turns from gloomy old drunk to total badass and he is about to do some van damage oh yeah <laughs> van damage <laughs> yeah, he totally flips into roadhouse mode man he it's does like slow judo throws but very effective yeah he disarms the thug with the pipe and knocks him out with his own pipe the first guy the one that got in the car well he gets out of the car and pulls a knife so calvin breaks his arm and takes his knee out roadhouse style yeah the third guy pulls a gun and when he fires calvin throws the knife knocking the gun to the side then he throws the pipe like he's some in some axe-throwing bar and hits this guy right in the head, knocking him out. Yeah. Then he recovers the gun, wipes off the fingerprints, and breaks the gun, gets his keys, and drives away, passing the cop car that was speeding into town to respond to the shots fired call. At home, he sits in his car and cries. And then you get title cars, which this is like title card, three yeah. years weirdest title card i've ever seen it's like a white line down the middle of the screen and on one side it says the man who killed hitler and and then on the other side of the line and it says then the bigfoot yep i mean that's what happens when you make a feature film with windows movie maker i believe it see a paper boy on his bike he's got playing cards in the spokes Headline on the newspaper announces three more dead in Canadian serial killings. That one's going to come back to visit us in a disappointing way. Calvin is having breakfast with his old dog while a record plays. It is old man breakfast, so it's sausage, eggs, toast, and pills. <laughs> and as an old man, I can tell you that's absolutely true. He gets a shower and a shave, and we get another flashback. There are some people sitting around a campfire at night. This was so fucking weird. Young Calvin and a Russian guy head into a tent. Calvin's got a beard now, a bushy beard. It turns out that 
Calvin has a talent for learning languages, Russian, German, Spanish, and several others. Apparently, it just comes easy to him. Uh, this group of Russians is helping the American government with a top secret mission that Calvin is part of. Uh, the Russian wants Calvin to thank him for his help. Calvin says, well, the American government thanks you. And he says, well, what about you? Do you thank me? And Calvin won't. I don't know why, but he won't. A Russian explains that his mother was a Romanian gypsy who believed that you could tell the future with a blade. Basically, he wants to shave Calvin's beard off. <laughs> and during the process of shaving him, if his hand shakes or he slips or something and nicks Calvin and draws blood, well, then his mission will succeed. And if the shave is perfect, then his mission will fail and Calvin will die. But he goes through this whole thing about how it has to be honest. You know, he can't try to slip and nick him and Calvin can't move. If he does, they will both be cursed. It has to be an honest mistake. So the guy finishes the shave and he does not cut Calvin. So he announces that Calvin will fail and die. Then he grabs his head and makes a tiny little cut behind Calvin's ear. And apparently he has changed the fate of Calvin's mission with that. He will succeed in his mission, but they are both now cursed. I don't know. But all that this out of the way, cursed, it's man. this movie's definitely cursed. Yeah. All that out of the way, it's time for drinks, but it is not vodka. Vodka is what you would expect a Russian to drink, and he can't do what Calvin expects. This is gin. Hey. Until they drink it, and then it's actually vodka. Lion. Uh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> you weren't expecting it. I was. Yeah, no, I totally expected it. This, yeah, this right. guy's batshit crazy. Yeah. Back to the present. Calvin is sitting on his bed. He pulls a wooden box out from under the bed. This box is a mystery that will never be solved. He takes it out of the out of out from under the bed. Says eh, maybe tomorrow, and puts it back under the bed. Then he goes to the closet. He takes out his military uniform and his Congressional Medal of Honor. He thinks about it for a moment, then changes his mind, buries the Medal of Honor in a giant jar of buttons, and hangs his mili military uniform back up in the closet. You have any idea what's going on here? Because I don't. Kind of. Like, I think he's like, uh, he's thinking about like him, him being cursed by that guy. And like, uh, he was probably like, you know, going to take his own life. And he's like, nah, nah, I don't think I'll do it today. I think he's been yeah. doing that since he came back from the war, though. I think it's like his ritual. Yeah, you're and, probably uh, right there. He, you know, he just keeps on putting it off on the night. I mean, he's got this happy-ass looking dog, you know, and he's, he's got his breakfast. I love the that, dog. That dog is the best part of this movie. The dog and his brother are like gold, you know? Yeah. And Calvin and his dog are going for a ride on the car radio. Somebody is talking about Bigfoot stories coming out of Canada. And Calvin and Ralph. That's his dog. They are heading into town. Calvin looks like he's got a stone in his shoe. So he sits down on a bench to try to get the stone out of his shoe. He can't find the stone that was in his shoe, but he does see a hat store and bam, we're in another flashback. We see Kai, would you stop the flashback? No, no, all the flashbacks. Oh man. It's like Woodstock with all these flashbacks. Maxine is standing on the sidewalk watching Calvin dress a mannequin in the hat store window. 
that is still a hat store in the present, apparently. This is the first time he met Maxine. Back in the present, a winning scratch-off lottery ticket blows by. Calvin takes the ticket to a nearby store. He wants to turn the ticket to the person who lost it because it's a $100 winner. And the clerk is really confused by that. Me too, man. <laughs> like, the old guy, he's like, well, I want to give it to whoever lost it. And she's like, man, it's it's in the, you know, it was on the street. That shit happens. People, like, don't check it and they throw it. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I ain't got two charities or whatever. And, shit. and it's like, oh, yeah. well, you, yeah, you got two charities, but you got three lemons over here, you know. And so- he said, yeah, somebody must have thrown it out before they looked at it close enough. He says, does that kind of thing happen? Yeah, a lot. All the time. It happens. <laughs> well, eventually Calvin just tells him to hang on to the ticket for a few days, and nobody claims it Well, the clerk can keep the money for himself. At the barber shop, Ed asked Calvin if he got his hair cut somewhere else. Yeah, he did. It kind of stopped growing for a while, and then it started growing real fast for a while. It's weird. He's talking to a bald barber, by the way. <laughs> Those are the best, right? I guess. I mean, they're good at cutting hair that they don't have it because they've already cut it off. I guess so, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a barber. I don't know. The rules. <laughs> I don't know. I think the best barber, though, was probably uh, Floyd from uh, Andy Griffith's show. Yeah. Well, they're making small talk while Ed cuts Calvin's hair until Calvin sees a shaving mop on the counter. Now, flashback to the, the, the Russian guy again. Calvin is feeling old and digging up bones, apparently. Ed turns out to be Calvin's brother, and he says they should go fishing sometime. And this is when Calvin tells him, it's like 40 years later, you know, I shot somebody during the war. Well... Yeah, that's yeah. kind of how it happens. If you do it outside of war, it's criminal. You know, you wouldn't have this right. movie. You'd be locked up or something. Right. Flashback to Calvin and the Russians outside a barn. Calvin is buying some boy's German shepherd, and then they leave. Of course, the boy isn't too happy about seeing his dog go. Dog doesn't seem to care. He's just going to go. In the woods, the Russians say goodbye to Calvin, and he leaves with the dog. He is dressed like a Nazi now. He and the dog appear to be staying at a boarding house where the dog has his own bed. That's kind of cool. Next day, they're riding into town in the back of a truck hauling chickens. Then a guy is rowing them across a lake. And then they're on a train, hobo style. Don't know where they're going, but they're going all the way. And then it gets really dark because when the train stops, there's a line of Jews being herded onto the train on their way to a concentration camp. Calvin stops to talk to an officer who examines Calvin's papers and then motions him on his way. Calvin walks up to a large office and leaves the dog on the lawn outside. This dog's name was also Ralph, at least according to the credits. (laughs) He enters Hitler's office and hands Hitler a sealed envelope. Hitler takes it over to his desk and motions Calvin to a chair. And Calvin has a seat. Inside the sealed envelope is a U.S. Army recruiting poster with the Uncle Sam Wants You poster. And then Hitler looks up kind of confused. And that's when Calvin gets up out of his chair and hits, shoots Hitler in the chest. Hitler's still looking kind of confused. And Calvin shoots him in the head. He drops his uh, makeshift gun. 
on the desk and heads out. Bam. There's half the title. Back in the present, it is nighttime and Calvin is returning home. Once he's inside, a car pulls up and parks on the street near Calvin's house. Inside, Calvin still can't find that pebble in his shoes, so he makes himself some dinner. The TV is messed up, but he can't reach the remote, and we are in another flashback as he stares at his microwave dinner. God. Yeah, all the flashbacks. We should, like, have a counter or something, you know? <laughs> like, like a little number that dings in the corner. Right? I, <laughs> I mean, they get everything flashbacks, but this seems like this whole movie is just, its only strength is a flashback and Sam Elliott's mustache. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Elliott's mustache and the dog. Yeah. This time, the flashback is Calvin and Maxine. They're having dinner at a fine restaurant. It turns out that Maxine is a school teacher and Calvin is super fucking awkward. <laughs> you know, he said that he thought it, it was about time they went on a date. And apparently they've been dating for a while. But this is the first time that he took her to a fine restaurant. Damn. Which that means he's either really, really good at it or really, really bad at it. Yeah, I think he's really, really bad at it. Under the table, you can see Calvin has a, a, a ring. So apparently he is about to propose when a drunk guy just bumps into their table and turns around and tells them they should move their table because it's in the way. After he walks off, Calvin tries again, but he's kind of tongue-tied. And that's when the parents of one of Maxine's students try to drop by the table. They are praising her for teaching math using apples instead of numbers. Man, uh, education's came a long way. <laughs> well, these are rich people, and they see public school yeah, as a chance for their son to experience how the other half lives. Also, Harold's dad is flirting with Maxine really badly right in front of Calvin and his wife. As soon as uh, she realizes what she what he's doing, he she just downs that martini, man. Well, they leave and Calvin is too nervous to continue his proposal. So they confess their love for each other and go dancing instead. Back to the present. Calvin turns off the TV and heads upstairs to bed. Next morning, he pulls that box out from under the bed again. He starts to open it this time and stops and puts it back. More old man breakfast. Now, for some reason, he takes one of his pills, which is a little gel cap, and just squeezes it until all the green goo starts to come out of it. Then he gathers up all of his pills and tosses them in the trash and sits down to read. He stares at a painting that's on the wall. I don't get the significance of this painting, but apparently it is significant. But he stares at the painting and falls asleep. He's awakened by a knock at the front door and the national anthem is playing on TV, indicating that that station is about to go off the air for the night, which is a thing that TV stations did back before cable and 24 hour for programming. Yeah, I remember that shit. Some of those were really creepy. The little packages that they would play and stuff. Yeah, well, I grew up not far from NORAD. So every night it was fighter jets and the national anthem. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. At the door are flag pin and maple leaf. 
flag pin is from the FBI. We're never going to know his name. He's credited as flag pin because he has an American flag lapel pin. Uh, his buddy, Maple the guy Leaf. From office space. It is. It is. Uh, it is. It's Peter, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, also, what was he in? He was in um, fucking, what was that movie? Uh, Swingers? Swingers is a great movie. Oh, yeah? John Favreau's first movie is about a bunch of young actors in uh, California. Okay. It was really good. And uh, and then it's got the guy from Outsourced, man. Yes, it is. That's Maple Leaf. <laughs> What's funny is Flagpin has an FBI badge. Maple Leaf has a business card. Yeah. <laughs> they want to talk to him about something. And he he asked they asked to be invited in, so he invites them into the dining room and says he'll put some coffee on. But Flagpin says they've already eaten. Alvin looks at him like he's a dumbass and he says, "I didn't offer you a snack; I offered you coffee," <laughs> <laughs> which may not have been scripted because that sounds like somebody who who uh, would point out that the script is is terrible. <laughs> well. In the dining room, they explained that this is about the, the serial killings in Canada. Apparently, the serial killings is just a cover story. Also, Flagpin's father was a high-ranking military officer and idolized Calvin's achievements in World War II. They have come to Calvin because he's a skilled tracker. And if he doesn't help, it could be the end of the world. Yeah, this is the sci-fi element of the plot. Yes. Maple Leaf shows Calvin a series of photos of dead animals. And Calvin says they look like bacterial infections, but Maple Leaf tells him it was caused by Bigfoot. Dun, dun, dun. The Bigfoot is sick and the disease is contagious. It's spread to all the wildlife in the area, except birds. If it had spread to birds, it would have killed everybody by now. Uh, yeah. All the animals in a 50-mile radius have died, and now it's getting people sick. By the way, this movie was released around the same time that people were dying from COVID-19 in China. Yeah, this is uh, definitely, like, they saw some of the news and, like, incorporated very quickly. And, yeah, this is, like, one of those first COVID movies, I guess, that came yeah. out on streaming services. Well, this was actually released around the time because this was released in in February of 2019. So the first people were just dying of a mystery a mystery illness in China. They hadn't started welding the apartment building doors shut yet. Turns out the government has tested Calvin's blood though, and they know that he's immune to this disease. And he says, well, how? And he says, oh, some people are just lucky. I guess, no, how'd you get my blood? <laughs> well, the government had a sample stored in a refrigerator, of course. Yeah, it's the government. <laughs> uh, there are only three people in the world who can help them, and Calvin is the only one left. And if this doesn't work, <laughs> the U.S. is prepared to destroy Canada with nuclear missiles before the because the Bigfoot is headed to the United States. The U.S. president wants to go ahead and nuke Canada. The Canadian prime minister wishes they would try something different. <laughs> hey, you know, buddy, guy, uh, let's not rush into this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Black Pin asked Calvin if if he actually killed Adolf Hitler, and Calvin admits that he did. But then the German and U.S. governments covered it all up, and the war and its atrocities continued. It turns out there were several Hitler lookalikes in place. Um, Calvin killed the actual Hitler, and then the Russians killed the second Hitler when they captured Berlin. The third Hitler was a coward who killed himself and his dog in a bunker. And Calvin is not going to help them, he says. He's over it. He's done. And he invites them to leave just as the tea kettle in the kitchen starts whistling. So Flagpin says, eh, how about that coffee? And that's when Calvin reminds him, you already ate. (laughs) (laughs) So they go, leaving Calvin to brood and ponder, looking over the copy of the file that they left him, which he walks into the kitchen and drops in the trash can. But then he asks the dog what he thinks about it, and we get another flashback. This time, it's Calvin leaving for the war. It's night, and a government car has come to pick him up. His family's standing on the front walk to see him off. His brother Ed is a young little boy, and he gives Calvin this metal dinosaur like those on the Sinclair oil gas stations. Yeah. I always loved those. Yeah, me too. Those signs look awesome. Yeah. It's Ed's favorite, so Calvin promises he'll take good care of it. And back in the present, Calvin picks up the phone and calls somebody, but hangs up without saying anything. As he's getting ready for bed, the phone rings. It's Ed calling back. Apparently, it was Ed that Calvin had called. Cut to Ed and Calvin sitting out on a park bench late at night talking. Calvin brought Ed some hot cocoa. With marshmallows, because that's the way you have to do it. I have to. Calvin tells Ed about his visit from Flagpin and Maple Leaf, and he tells him about the Bigfoot. And Ed takes all of this in stride. He believes he believes Calvin's telling the truth. And Calvin doesn't want to kill anything at all. You know, he's broken from assassinating Hitler, apparently. And then Calvin looks at Ed and asks the question that we're all thinking at this point. So, why do you believe anything I'm saying? And Ed ex- explains that it's because people don't change. You know, liars keep on lying and cheaters keep on cheating and honest people keep on being honest. And Calvin is nothing if not honest. So he tells Calvin to be careful because he still wants to go fishing sometime. And Calvin asks Ed to look after his dog. In Canada, a helicopter delivers Calvin to the military base. Everybody is in biohazard suits except for Calvin because he's he's immune, of course. This is a military base right on the edge of the dead zone. There are fires in the background uh, because they have set a controlled burn all the way around the dead zone to try to keep the Bigfoot from escaping. Apparently, there's only one of them. Yeah, man, it's it's a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get worse, don't uh, worry. It looks, it looks great, though. That I mean, the whole thing is like, look great so far. And that yeah. part, Leah, like that control fire, and the, that was fucking awesome. It, it looks, that was, that was, that was like gorgeous, a, yeah. It looks like it's from a better movie. Remember like that movie? What was that movie? That What was that other plague movie that we watched? I don't know. We watched a couple of the stuff. No, no. The, the one in uh, Ireland or Scotland. 
Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, nah. Oh, wow, shit. Where it's like Mad Max, and then they go yes. to England and shit. Yeah, nah, that was, uh, that was a good one. Again, Doomsday. Doomsday. Doomsday, yeah, it yeah, yeah, Doomsday. It looks a lot like that. Yeah, no. Doomsday was a really good-looking movie, and but, you know, yeah, it was kind of like thin plot-wise and shit. But this yeah. one is like, if you quick clip it, you're like, oh, man, I got to see that movie. And then you go and watch <laughs> the movie. And it's nothing but old guys flashbacks while, you know, why he's eating his cold eggs and shit. And you're like, oh, man, he, I was lying <laughs> to you. They lied to me. It had Sam Elliott in it. It was supposed to be, he was going to kill Bigfoot. Yep. Well, in a hospital-like command tent, they tell Calvin they'll give him his choice of fatigues and gear and weapons. Uh, once Calvin is in the dead zone, the military's going to move another 50 miles back. Flagpin says the Canadians didn't have good enough weapons, so he brought his own personal armory to Calvin for Calvin to choose from. And he flips the light on, and there's a wall full of guns. Yeah, this whole scene <laughs> reminds me of uh, Snake Bliskin. Yeah. And Escape from New York. Like, they're, like, you know, taking his vitals, and he's, like, in white. Uh, like hospital clothes, you know, and you know, they're sticking them and prodding them and looking in his ear and shit. And then, they, yeah, they pull back the curtain in this tent, and there's like just an armory, uh, unholy armory, and some of the shit that they yeah. don't even look like it looks like space guns or something, but they got like everything <laughs> from like a flintlock pistol to like a space gun. And I'm pretty sure this place, like, it takes place like in the 80s or something because there's no way, right. A guy from like World War II would still be alive today. Yeah. I mean, Plus, if, everybody's if got a rotary dial phone. Yeah. So. But Calvin looks at, Calvin looks at the guns and then he looks at Flagpin. He gives him a look like, number one, not only are you an asshole, you're fucking psycho too. <laughs> yeah. Calvin chooses one rifle, one scope, one knife. That's it. Yeah. Like Rambo. Yep. Like an old ass, like uh bolt action rifle and a big ass combat knife. And like the yep. biggest scope you can find. The biggest scope you can find. Calvin and Maple Leaf are standing against a backdrop of flames and Maple Maple Leaf uh thanks him for what he's doing. Instantly it is daylight and Calvin shoots Bigfoot in the head. But yeah, he quick. doesn't kill it. He doesn't kill it. It runs off into the woods, and Calvin chases after it until he slips and falls down a cliff. It's okay, because he catches himself halfway down and climbs back up, the way old men do. That It hurt, though. Man, it ends up he broke his pinky finger, which he sets and tapes to the finger next to it. Yeah, it looked, that, that finger looks really real. That That was good. Yeah. Flagpin calls on the satellite phone and asks if he's killed the Bigfoot yet. Remember, they said that as soon as they dropped him off, they were going to move 50 miles away. Flagpin tells him they heard a shot fired. Was that him? <laughs> That's a pretty loud gun if you can hear it 50 miles away. Man, they probably got people on the perimeter, like fucking, <laughs> like a report. I don't know. Either that or he's like wearing a microphone in his underwear. He doesn't know it. Yeah. It's like Hunger Games. It is. It's just totally like Hunger Games. He's in a dome. It's like a Christmas <laughs> show. All this is fake. Everybody, the Bigfoot's an actor paid to like get shot by this guy. I don't know. 
Well, there's an exchange about time running out. Calvin says he broke his pinky finger. And also the Bigfoot doesn't actually have big feet. It was false advertising. (laughs) (laughs) Calvin tells Flagpin he will not make contact again until the end. And then he throws the radio into the river. That sounds like he was getting tired of all this shit. (laughs) He's pretty much tired of all this shit at the beginning of the movie. Oh, I mean, Sam Elliott's tired of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Sam Elliott was tired of it. And then he got conscripted in this fucking shit, so. If I hadn't already said I would do this, I wouldn't. (laughs) Not even supposed to be here today. Well, Calvin's walking along the riverbank, and he finds a dead moose. Then he is tracking footprints in the mud across a foggy marsh. He decides that the Bigfoot probably went up a big, tall mountain. As he tracks the Bigfoot, he comes across a huge elk that is 100% not dead in the area where the government told him all the wildlife was dead. Yeah. Well, you know, government. Yeah. That's close enough for government work. (laughs) (laughs) There's more shots of him tracking along a stream bed. He finds a pile of bloody Bigfoot poop, which he, of course, must sniff. And that tells him that the Bigfoot was a vegetarian. Why does that even fucking matter? I don't know, because if he's like a serial killer, wouldn't he be like killing and eating people? He's not a serial killer. He's just diseased. Uh, He's spreading herpes all over Canada. Oh, that's gross, dude. (laughs) Then a shot of Calvin climbing a sheer rock wall high above a river with a broken finger. Yeah, that's bullshit. He's just uh, crawling on a rock (laughs) on his stomach. And then they put like, I don't know. They green screened the river behind him. Yeah. That's totally, yeah. You can tell by like his hair and shit. Like that's completely great. Calvin is resting in a cave that night when an owl comes to see him and immediately leaves. <laughs> the owl comes and lands. He says, hello. And the owl does kind of chirps a little bit and flies off. He says, goodbye. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't get a flashback right there. We should have got a flashback right there. And Calvin stands up the metal dinosaur from his brother. Uh, next to the fire it looks like it's looking out at the cave into the night and guess what jesse we got another flashback <laughs> i knew see i knew you were... <laughs> it's calvin coming home from the war to a big stack of letters and he's sitting at his desk to read them they're from maxine we get voiceover of maxine narrating her own letter about how, she, how much she misses him and there are scenes from her life as a teacher the government told her that Sam, that Calvin is alive, but uh, she can't write to him and he can't write to her even if he wanted to. Uh, her mother's sick, so she's leaving this town to go care for her mother. Also, she's been saving Dick Tracy comic strips for him so that they can read them all when he gets back. That's actually pretty sweet. That, that kind it of, is. You know, that pulled him hard. I was like, oh, God damn it. And then this next bit won't make sense until much closer to the end of the movie. Calvin takes all the letters from Maxine. He puts them in a hat box. He takes them outside and sets them on the curb in the trash can. Then we see Calvin lying on his bed and there are trash truck sounds outside. He gets up and looks out the window and to confirm that the trash people came and took away all the letters. 
So at this point, I'm pretty sure Calvin's just an asshole. Yeah. Hey. Or there's part of the story that they're not going to tell us yet. Yeah. Back in the present, it's a brand new day, and Calvin has climbed a brand new cliff with his broken finger. <laughs> he rests until he hears an animal, and guess who it is? It's the Bigfoot. He's lying on um. the same cliff, and he's dying. Well, Calvin walks up to him, and he sits down next to him, and he holds the Bigfoot's hand as he dies. And like I said, it looks like a guy in a bad orangutan. Yeah. With Coca-Cola bottles covering up the eye holes. And little, little-ass human feet. <laughs> well, Calvin sits there next to the Bigfoot, and as it dies, he's, he cries. Then we see Calvin preparing a pyre. He is telling the Bigfoot that he won't let the government have his body. He's piled up a bunch of firewood around the Bigfoot. He lights the firewood on fire and starts to walk away. And that's when the Bigfoot wakes up. Bigfoot wasn't actually dead. But once we start the fire, it wakes him up. <laughs> and there's Bigfoot Brawl. Uh, Calvin is getting his ass beat in the woods until he pulls out his knife and stabs Bigfoot in the leg. So the Bigfoot charges Calvin. He cuts it again along the ribs this time. But the Bigfoot grabs Calvin's arm in an arm bar and breaks it. He throws Calvin uh, across the ground and then jumps on top of him. We get a close-up of the Bigfoot mask. And you remember that show Face Off, Jesse? Oh, I love that show. There was one thing that the judges on that show hated more than a mask that looked like a mask. And yeah, that was a mouth inside a mouth. Yeah. And in the close-up of this Bigfoot, we get a mouth inside a mouth. Inside a mouth, Yeah. And it looks just fake as can be. But that whole part where he's on top of him, beating the shit up out of him, that looks like frame for frame. Like the monkeys beating the crap out of that uh, animal at the beginning of 2001 Space Odyssey. Yes, it does. Like, it's fucking weird. And the suit kind of <laughs> looks like that, too. Like, I think a little I bit. Yeah, it's but a like, little it's more just... orange. Those, those were kind of black, but this guy's a lot very orange. Yeah, he's got, like, red hair, and it's more cracked. Yeah. It's, like, I don't know, nasty. It's not uniform hair. It's just scraggly right. and some spots and shit. But, yeah. Well, he's choking Calvin. Calvin still has his knife, though, and he stabs the Bigfoot repeatedly in the abdomen, causing it to puke all over Calvin's face. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, then the Bigfoot bites Calvin's ear off and run away. He spits out the ear which looks suspiciously like a turkey neck. <laughs> Probably because it was a turkey neck. Then we see the Bigfoot on its hands and knees, backlit against the sunset. Calvin approaches with his rifle. He tells the Bigfoot he's sorry, and he shoots it, killing it for real this time. Then he collapses next to the Bigfoot and goes still and fade to black. Fade to black. Next scene is Ed and Calvin's dog sitting at home looking sad, followed by Ed speaking at Calvin's funeral. And if you were wondering why Calvin didn't go after Maxine when he came back from the war, this is when we finally discover that Maxine died before Calvin ever got back home. Mm. Now it's sad. Yeah, this is depressing as shit. 
It definitely is. Then we see Ed cutting a young boy's hair. His dad, Mr. Gardner, says, sorry to hear about your brother. You know, Calvin. <laughs> it's some of the worst dialogue ever. Um, as he's filling his pockets with Ed's candy. Yeah. Mr. Gardner is played by Sean Bridgers, who played Johnny Burns in the HBO series Deadwood. Love that show. Yeah, I like Johnny, too. Johnny was... Johnny was simple and fun. Calvin apparently went on vacation and never came back. As they leave, the guy asks if Ed is going to the school play. Ed said, of course, I wouldn't miss it. Because his granddaughter is playing a butterfly. and This guy's kid is playing a turtle. The lead mm -hmm. turtle. <laughs> the lead turtle. You got to one-up people on a school play, dude. Come on. Out on the lake, Ed is fishing with Ralph. When Calvin just walks up onto the bank. He's, he's got this big-ass bandage on his ear for the rest of the movie. He's got a big bandage on his ear. He's got his arm in a sling. But, I mean, that's pretty good for a guy who was dead a few minutes ago. Yeah. But Calvin and Ed finally get to go fishing together. Uh, the funeral was a sham. They buried Calvin's uniform and medals and that box that Calvin kept under his bed. Calvin and his dog are back at home watching TV. He takes down that painting that he was staring at before for some reason. And then he just stares at the place on the wall where the painting used to be. That's when the phone rings. Cut to Calvin at the school play with Ed watching Ed's granddaughter be a butterfly. We yes, never see the lead turtle. Yeah, this is where it got weird for me. All right. Yeah. So he's this is dead, where right? it got weird for you. Yeah. <laughs> well you know yeah actually he did all right so like he faked his own death right yeah after he completed his message he faked his own death he goes back to his hometown goes back to his house and, and then nobody has any problem with that and then then he goes to uh school yeah watch his brother's uh granddaughter's play yep and yeah, you know, he's he still got his arm in a sling, got his ear thing. I mean, you can't unwreck, you know, that that mustache sticks out. Yes. <laughs> no one yeah. bats an eye. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got Maybe you. Just... I, I'm right there okay. with you. I mean, here's here's a dead guy who is at the school play. Uh what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. I I just want to make sure I wasn't the only one that was like weirded out by this whole fucking hey, you know, hey, that guy's dead. Yeah, that was that was that was me too. Nobody was nobody was concerned about that. He was not a spectacle. Oh. Well, Calvin uh, asks Ed if he buried the box that was under his bed, and Ed says he did. And Calvin apparently wishes he hadn't, but he tells Ed it's okay. And then he gives Ed back the toy dinosaur that Ed gave Calvin before Calvin went off to the war. That night, Calvin is lying awake in bed. And one more flashback, Jesse. Good. All right. Get it over with. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Young Calvin is lying in bed and there's a tapping at his window. He wakes up and he opens the window and it's Maxine. She wants to take a walk. And she's telling him about a boy who turned in his journal with a story about how he got a scrape on his forehead. Apparently, the kids were playing war. You know, war. <laughs> <laughs> Why they do stuff like that in this script is, is beyond me. But she tells the story 
And apparently it's a story about how one kid seized an opportunity to win one for the good guys, even though it might have been a douchey thing to do. And Calvin says that he thinks that kids like that, they grow up to be somebody important, like, you know, the boss of a factory or the president. Calvin and Maxine continue their walk, and on the way home, Calvin asks Maxine to drive him to the station to see him off, but she cannot do it because it'll be sad, and she wants to be happy. And this is where I figured out that Maxine probably wasn't the best person. <laughs> She's going to just walk away from Calvin rather than telling him goodbye properly. She says that maybe the next time she sees him, it'll be like he just stopped to tie his shoe. Well, they get to his house and he stops and bends down like he's going to tie his shoe. And he holds out the engagement ring, but loses his nerve one last time and says that I'm right behind you. And she never turns around to see this. She just tells him to catch up quick and walks away. And that is the last time Calvin ever saw Maxine. Back in the present, Calvin gets out of bed gathers up his tools and heads to the cemetery to dig up his own grave and retrieve the box from his coffin. He opens the box very briefly, but we can't see what's inside. And Calvin tells the dog, maybe tomorrow. And they walk home. On the way home, he still has that stone in his shoe. He takes the shoe off and it finally drops out. So he calls to the dog and they head home, down the road, into the night, and roll credit. Man. We get no closure on anything. If you wanted to be told a story with a happy ending or even an ending, screw you. This is what we got instead. The guy literally just kills Hitler and Bigfoot and a bunch That's of depressing, depressing ass flashbacks and regret. Yes. The movie is, I believe, a younger person's idea of an old person's life. Even if that old guy was awesome, the rest of his life is all regret and sadness. Also, like, don't ever let a Russian guy shave you. Never. Yeah, no. Uh, that was, sorry, that was just bizarre. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I, people told me it was going to be like this. People told me it was going to be, you know, like uh, FDR, you know, it's going to be zany. I yeah. should have watched it before. Uh, most of these movies we picked for this, <laughs> It's movies that I have seen either dozens of times or uh, movies that like you're like um, I've seen like once or twice and I, I know them pretty well. Every once right. in a while, I'll, I'll pick one like a friend will recommend or something I like I've heard about. And that this is one of those. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Trust yourself next time, I guess. Uh, uh, What's what the title like at? But the title is awesome. Yeah. The title is awesome, and somebody suggested, there was even a critic that said the title was, was so stupid that it was just slapped on after the movie was made because somebody realized at the last minute, oh shit, we need a title for this thing. Yeah, couldn't name it Sad Old Guy or, you know, <laughs> Regret You could, Lord, but then bro. how are we going to make our 3800 bucks back? They didn't make no money off this fucking <laughs> This is like some kind of write-off. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of halfway convinced that this guy is Sam Elliott's grandkid's cousin. Or some and shit. And so he did it as a favor to a family member. But All right, man. That's a podcast. Hell yeah. 
We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at CDFpod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to Patreon.com slash CDFpod. Join us next time as we explore another movie's so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made.